0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Industry Celebrities. My name is Kimberly Scott. Industry Celebrities is a podcast where I interview industry professionals in any industry and ask them questions about their industry or their passions. Um, plus, my guests share a little bit about their younger self. And if you want to listen to other episodes or even be a guest on Industry Celebrities, please go to thatKimberly.com to choose which platform you'd like to listen to, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Alexa. So now that I got that out of the way, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Miss Kim Croft. Hi, Kim. Hello, Kimberly. How are you doing? (laughs) Good. I'm doing great. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little background and before we get into the what industry you're in.
1: So I was originally born in Miami, Mm -hmm. and I'm one of these people that when someone asks me, where are you from, I'm like, well, it depends on which version you want. (laughs) It depends on what you mean. So I'm kind of grew up partially in Florida. I've lived on both coasts, Uh spent a long time in New York, most of my first career in New York, New York City, and I've lived out of the country twice and been in Dallas four years. So I'm kind of like a from everywhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your background education in? So in Chinese and
0: international relations. Chinese and inter, okay, that's a whole other, wow, Chinese. (laughs) I did not know that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Totally different from what I do now, but lots of fun. Okay, good segue. What did you start in and what do you do now? Like went to school for something and Mm -hmm. Right out of school, what was your first job?
1: Always been super interested in the international situation, and I say it like vague like that because I don't I don't necessarily like politics. I didn't I didn't know which. I just was interested in kind of how that all goes together, other cultures, languages, all of the things. And so I sort of found my way into academia. I worked for Columbia University for most of my career. Okay, and that was in international relations, not from like say a intercountry or political place, but. Just like programs, policies, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and then I was a director of a nonprofit, and we were doing healthcare policy work in China. So yes, yeah. different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I think I think when I was younger, I pictured myself at the UN, and then I thought, no, that's not for me. And looking for where I could really like make an impact. Okay, it's quite idealist and um, one of those people that wants to you know change the world. Yes, <laughs> totally, totally. So where did that lead you to? So, well, and that led me to my career at Columbia, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I loved the work we did, I loved the people I worked with. Did feel like it was impactful, did feel satisfied by a lot, you know, many parts of it. Loved the nonprofit we built, loved the work we were doing there and all of that. But what happened was I sort of found myself with this bit of a like... What do I do now? Yeah. Well, like a disjointedness. <laughs> okay. Like, okay, I like what I do, but I hate my life. Oh. Because you worked all the time? Uh, I worked all the time. That I'm, I'm sort of okay with, but like, what was life going to look like? Like, I think sometimes we think if we're interested in a subject, that's what we should do for a living. Uh-huh. Um, and I found that I didn't like what life looked like doing that. I liked okay. the topics, I liked the content, but actually, I wanted to be traveling and location independent and have all this free time and make a lot more money and you know All these things are sounding very superficial. Yeah, I, I don't really mean them that way But but just to see the world
0: just to be out there not just behind the desk or going to the same brick building If you will every day or always having a regimented schedule would you say? Totally.
1: Okay So what do you do now then? What industry are you in? So I am now, I health and wellness, I am a consultant for a network marketing company. Okay. So completely different. So health and wellness products, okay. network marketing. Okay. My role is really like a brand ambassador. That's not my title, but that's really how we function. We're really promoting the brand. Okay. And it's very much of, even though it's products, it's very much of a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. And so we're really promoting a healthy lifestyle and like what, you know, that looks like. Okay. And
0: wh- what's the name of the company? Arbonne. Okay. Wow. So how did you find Arbonne?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I usually say it found me. I really do feel like this happens to a lot of people. You wake up one day and you're like, life does look the same. Uh And then you start going, you know, is this what I'm going to be doing forever? And is my impact big enough? And is what I'm getting out of it actually going to be worth my whole life? Yeah. We spend 75% of our time at our job. Mm -hmm. We spend our time, our best energy, our best years, our best everything with Something that maybe we picked, maybe we didn't. Maybe we chose the topic, but we didn't choose like the actual setup. Yeah, we took whatever job came to us. It led Mm -hmm. us on a path. We went on that path and started looking at that path, and it should have looked good. But I found myself saying, "I don't see my family. I don't own my time. I'm somebody that's going to give 150 to whatever 200 Uh percent, and I'm in a system that will never really reward me for that." Uh You know. This sounds kind of morbid but at the end of it all am I gonna look back and feel like that's the way I wanted to spend my best years yeah and for me it just wasn't enough not from a how I generate my income standpoint okay. so I felt like I begin to look at it as something I could volunteer my time for that mm-hmm. but I don't know that I want to support my life mm-hmm. or generate you know yeah via that method okay. and so I you know As you can imagine began looking so you started actively looking looking okay and everything looked the same or looked like going back to school having to have a ton of capital or having to be able to take off time and restart over Mm -hmm. which none of those were gonna work for me And I was still building (laughs) this nonprofit on the side and starting to take over that and so I just had sort of put my dreams on a shelf and thought this is what life is gonna look like and mm-hmm. then someone came to me with a skincare set and I'm not a product person never have been don't no. use didn't use skincare
0: the specific like line of skincare you like I'm all over the place with skincare but I you know no, I, mean. I was like a soap and water person oh really oh I only knew one other person in my lifetime that ever was just about soap and water Wow in my thirties. Okay. Wow. In my thirties. Like whatever. I really the, just like you a lot. Now for, you? Talk I mean, about, Your skin looks amazing. I mean, I know why now, but like in your thirties, obviously it was working for you. Well, just, no, I was oh. having
1: crisis, but I just oh. couldn't be bothered by it. Oh, okay. Got it. So when someone okay. came to me and said, here, do you want to try this? I still was like, no. In the back, I was like, I do need to. Yeah. Okay.
0: But I did know one person in college that she just used to wash her face with just soap. and never got zits, and I just hated, her. I hated her,
1: I hated her for it. I mean, it didn't really, but I met like people jealous. who wash their face with water. I still can't. I don't understand. I, I can't wrap my I mind around But anyways, Anyway, that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> just, we don't even need go.
0: We don't even know, go tried. down that that <laughs> route. That would be really bad. <laughs> So we know why you started, because you wanted more flexibility, you wanted to be able to work from wherever you want, you know, and not be tied to someone else's schedule, but make your own schedule. That's usually why anyone goes into any kind of business of their own. Mm -hmm. Whether it be, you know, start from scratch startup, or one that's basically like a franchise business. business. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what do you enjoy the most about what you do? Well, one of the biggest things on my list was that I still wanted that piece where I felt like I was making a difference. It sounds Mm -hmm. very kumbaya, but like I really did want to feel like. I feel when you say that, that it's very genuine and
0: authentic. It's not like when somebody tells you that and it's not kumbaya
1: or it's just not authentic, you know. So I feel I get you when you're saying it. like legacy. Legacy was really important to Uh me how I'm spending my time, how does that impact others? Does it feel meaningful to me? Does it feel purposeful? Yeah. And so that's probably why I never thought about doing business before because I didn't, there wasn't something that you know, stoked my fire or whatever that made yeah. me think that I would still be making a difference, not that business doesn't, of course it doesn't. You yeah. know. But what was big about this, I always say that this company that I represent is a for-profit company with a not-for-profit heart, a humanitarian uh-huh. heart. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that I can create the life that I want Mm -hmm. I can get into what that means and actually have an impact on others yeah I do feel like I am contributing and helping and making a big difference in more than one way that's probably the biggest thing and then the other is that I can actually give it away because I do recruit people Uh and so the idea that I could help someone like me Mm -hmm. who was quietly desperate for several years having gone back to school once was in my dream career Mm -hmm. and feeling at a very dead end and thinking, well, what do I do now? And how selfish can you be to not, you know, and at this place and thinking, where am I going to go from here? Yeah. I could help that person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: So how did you get over the stigma of it being, for the correct terms, multi-level marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't like to use. That's why I said franchise, because that's what it is. It's it's a franchise. It's a business in a box. It's, you know, it's still all
1: the responsibilities of running a business. How did you get over that? and they even now use terms like social marketing and things because I think not so much to get away from MLM but to really describe what it is because what we do really is it's not exactly like that what we picture in our minds but I don't know that I'm totally over the stigma Uh right and it's funny because I can tell you I would do this over again a million times Mm -hmm. I think all the world should look at this yeah and I don't think it's for everyone yeah I think it's for a lot more people than think it is yeah and yet if I go back to my old colleagues in academia I inside still maybe feel a little apologetic and I think it's because it's me picking up their misunderstanding about it mm-hmm. and wanting people to understand yeah. how this is different so I think we do deal with that I mean I had a very supportive environment and I uh-huh. had people that supported me in my decision yeah but at the same time you have the fight stigmas why well, had people say but surely you're keeping up your resume right yeah. like you're not really <laughs> doing this right and these are close friends of mine. yeah so I think I, I think that I know that people still think that yeah and So, I mean, how do you get over it? Because, I mean, name something. Yeah, name an industry whatever. that
0: doesn't have... Some sort of stigma. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do have to say that when you and I first met, that that was not the first thing on your mouth. We had great conversation about so many other things, that, you know, at our lunch networking. And even then, when we met again, like, I think because in the generation that I grew up with my mom selling Mary Kay and, you know, other products like that, it was just not something that, that I got into. You know, I was always willing to support other people and, you know, I buy a... a skincare makeup product but I don't sell it you know I'm like I told my right. friend hey I'll buy it from you but, but i never please, do that yeah, yeah but please because I was running my own business like yeah. it's it's hard it doesn't matter whether you're doing that for yourself and working at a nine-to-five or you're running a business that you're doing for yourself and mm-hmm. you know I can only have so much time in the day to to sell something or whatever it is, you know. So I had to pick and choose, you know, that's just my personal feelings towards it. But I remember our conversation offline and just saying, I was like, when I looked at your card and I was like, oh my gosh, you work for Arbonne. Okay. That's going to be, I'm going to ask her if she wants to podcast because that's going to be an interesting (laughs) conversation. Yeah. That'd be an interesting conversation (laughs) for sure. Just because of your personality and as authentic and genuine about all the other conversations and topics before. You know, it wasn't the first thing out of your mouth. Like, even two more meetings after that, it wasn't. It's not my agenda.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's still not my agenda. That's well, I think that the business was done differently in the past. I oh, think it yes. wasn't appealing to people. I certainly would not stock product and cart it around. And again, there are people today that would still be willing to do that, and that's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't. It doesn't yeah. serve that how me you do business. No, yeah. and I would not do it. Yeah. The other thing is, I think that people in, you know, people that had gone to business school that had done business, that they had degrees or whatever and did maybe, you know, what they would think of legitimate businesses, yeah. wouldn't maybe view this as a legitimate business. But has been around a long time. Well, like and I just mean s- these types of businesses. Yeah, yeah, I know. But because you don't have to have a certain, like, skill set to get into them. Now, mm-hmm. you, it's not open to everyone. Yeah, and that's what people yeah. misunderstand. And I think that what you're saying, Different companies do attract different types of people, and yeah. Arbonne skews to the highly professional and highly educated.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean that—that's
1: the people that make up Arbonne okay. um, are from every walk of life, including mm-hmm. former Wall Street execs to teachers and lawyers and doctors mm-hmm. and surgeons mm-hmm. and politi- you know, everyone. Yeah, And I think that that is a factor, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. That is a factor. But I think it's that, it's a couple of things. It's that this is a legitimate business now mm-hmm. and it's a very viable business mm-hmm. and it's not done the way it was. I mean, yeah, we- Yeah, absolutely not. People, yeah. we have influence on Instagram. We have all of these things. We, we know, I mean, we do most of what we do. We have Yelp. We have Google. I mean, that's Social is media alone and, and the internet made it so much easier
0: for any, any kind of business. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Arbonne or if it's, you know, mom and pop printer to, to Coca-Cola. Social media is definitely, and the way we communicate yeah. is taken that you know to a different level like business. but I think general. that
1: in itself is is kind of a form of network marketing oh absolutely and yeah. so I think that's well it's now your network people.
0: yeah it's your network that you're, you're a brand ambassador for whatever you enjoy whatever you love wherever you work I remember when we first got employees because we were on social media our company you know was one of the first that that did Facebook in the apartment industry and we would tell employees, hey, look, if you're going to be on social media and you are going to put down that you work for us, then make sure that you're, you know, you don't do X, Y, and Z and be representative. Mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is if you're not going to accept anybody from, because that was back before there was any word called influencer, you know, more brand ambassador, the same things. But we were like, hey, if you're going to not accept you know, the the person that sits next to you, then don't accept anybody in the office because then everybody takes it personally. You know, mm-hmm. like so like we had some rules and if we're not on it Monday through Friday, eight to five, which we weren't, then you better not be on it. Like like mm-hmm. there are certain things like let's mm-hmm. just not and now it's the way people network, you know the way they communicate, they share information. Come, they correct the way they do business, the way they make like a you form know, of a website. One hundred percent, yeah. So that covered, why should somebody consider getting into your industry all by itself? (laughs) But we could definitely podcast. We could could do other topics because I was very intrigued on just that side because of, you know, like I said, you know, growing up seeing my mom, you know, she worked for State Farm for 35 years. And, and did Mary Kay, you know, and she dabbled. It wasn't like she mm-hmm. ever got the pink car, but she was always about that, and, and Herbalife, I believe, was the other one. Mm-hmm. But it just never went anywhere. So like, you know, when I started my own business, it was like startup from scratch, the hardest thing it ever, you know, it was mm-hmm. like birth and a child. And when I tell people, you know, I went to college for my BA and nobody's ever asked me my transcript, but I earned an MBA from starting the business. Like, you yeah. know, I didn't know what I didn't right. know, and it was right. definitely, you know, the best experience in
1: how to start a business, you know, from scratch, so. Well, I was just thinking that the gig economy didn't exist back then, oh. and wasn't necessarily accepted. And now, there is literally a oh, huge For the
0: listeners, what is a gig, what's the gig economy? Side gigs. Oh, yeah, side gigs, It's that, gig gig. the Absolutely. idea of a side
1: gig yeah. is so, prevalent and real that there's like I Your think I want to say yeah. it's 55% of people have a side gig mm-hmm. in America and, and it's okay they earn yeah. 50 or so around of yeah. their income mm-hmm. via that yeah and these are professionals yeah not just Millennials in college mm-hmm. but of course we know they're into that but I yeah. think it's a different day in time well 100%
0: Gary Vee always talks about our grandparents our parents didn't have the opportunity of the internet to do a side gig, to go and yeah. be passionate and love whatever it is that you love, and sell that, do that, and when that income takes over your nine to five income, then you you stop the nine to five yeah. and do what you love to do every single day because
1: then it's not work. That system also was okay on a on one income. Yeah. We live in a different world. It, multiple income streams are considered very very wise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of people that love what they do. They just mm-hmm. want that side. Yeah, you know, it's funny because. If I think back on one hand I really really value my journey Mm -hmm. and though I felt trapped for years thinking about talking about my what would I say to my younger self I think my younger younger self I would say pursue your dream quicker and know that you could do anything so I was kind of raised I was raised by artistic parents who did say you can do anything. But Mm -hmm. I'm a very practical person. So I think it was like... Very structured? Not structured, actually. (laughs) Very (laughs) free-spirited. Okay. But I'm practical. Okay. And so that only works for some people type Mm -hmm. of thing. And so I would have told myself to go after that sooner, Mm -hmm. do the crazy things earlier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think into my career... The crazy things as long as it doesn't get you into trouble. Yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. not talking about anything illegal yeah, yeah. <laughs> adventurous not yeah, illegal. Yeah, yeah. in my career i do value even being stuck because if i hadn't had some desperation uh-huh. i would have never been open to something like this i definitely was the person that would not never have done network marketing and to this day though i now believe it is one of the most viable options for Half the planet. I really do. And I really Mm -hmm. believe that everybody should take a look, if not just to open their mind. I I won't go into why. For the the sake of time, right? But I wouldn't have given it a chance if it weren't for this particular company because of the culture, history, how long, 40 years, all the things about this company. I wouldn't have been open to it. So I also wouldn't have even been open to this company if I hadn't been desperate. Correct. Because I was Very serendipitous, very all the stars,
0: God, whatever you want to call it, all aligned. Or like perfect storm. Yeah, Because <laughs> okay. it was feeling
1: more like a storm, but, um, you know. Things were bubbling up. <laughs> well, when you're doing what you believe yeah. you are supposed to be doing with your life, yeah. well, how do you deal with that crisis?
0: Yes, that's also going back to any business. Like, Like, you have to be passionate and love whatever you're selling whether you are doing network marketing or you're doing a startup or you're working for, I don't know, widget company X, I don't know. You have to believe in your service or your product and be passionate about it in order for you to want to get up every day and do it. Because if you don't, then you shouldn't be there. Like it's something that I feel that our grandparents didn't have the choice you know they were like set to like my grandfather did not graduate from even high school but was a mechanic and he was really good at it so he moved his way up in the body shop but he didn't have a choice to go do something else you know my grandmother was a bookkeeper and decided you know that they didn't need two incomes my my grandfather was fine with her staying home and but then she always wanted a side hustle and couldn't figure out what it was and you know but could only go so far because there was no internet like it was just right. not the way it is now like and I think even mindset wise even yeah, from that were,
1: for sure' were counterculture or whatever they just that just like, you wasn't got married an option. You, had, you had children yeah, you, you did and what you did you yeah. did what
0: you did yeah who cared if you didn't love it you know you just still had to do it because you had to
1: take care of the family and I think a lot of us gen X are kind of caught in the middle of that because yeah. we grew up with that I forgot, yeah you're my, you're my gen X yeah, yeah. Gen we X. grew up yeah I know You yeah. too I love Gen X we grew up with that That sort of upbringing, yeah, and yet we had the desires, but not the permit. We the desires of maybe like the millennials, but not the permission. But not the permission, correct?
0: So we had to we we had to
1: really go against the grain and break out if we did it. And I honestly believe a lot of people are still are not doing it. Yeah,
0: not a lot of Gen Xers. Yes, that like I I feel it's coming around. I hear and feel more. I meet more people that are taking that leap, but my mother. Kudos to my mom. She was definitely one that did not want the same life for me as that she wanted the better life, and she let me go away to college. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she had to tell my grandfather, because my parents were divorced, so my grandfather, even though my dad was around, you know, just for some context, my grandfather had played a huge role in our life. You know, I learned a lot from him, loved both my grandparents, but he looked at my mom and said, if anything ever happens to her, I will never forgive you because he was pissed that my mother would be okay with letting her only daughter, the youngest, go away to college because that's not what you did. When, you know, being Latin Isn't from Paso, crazy? Texas, you know, and yeah. so my mom was like, because, you know, she yeah. could not even leave. Yeah. For her to leave the home, she had to be married. She could not just go out and get an, you know, go away to college Mm -hmm. and get an apartment with her friends that was not in the cards. She had to have a job. She gave her check to her parents. And the only way that she could be leaving her father and mother's under their roof was if she was married. And that's what she did. And unfortunately, you know, my parents divorced. But, you know, and she went back and got her degree, you know, and then ended up getting, you know, each always got a better job and got a job with State Farm and retired with them. But Found it was a way to do it. Yeah, but it was just setting the car. So she's the one who set me on that track of like, you go do it, you go try it, whatever it is, I support mm-hmm. you, we'll figure it out. So I definitely have had that type of you know mentality, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though she didn't get that.
1: You know, my mom was that way with me, too, and I was the first person in my immediate family to have a four-year degree and the mm-hmm. second in my extended family. Wow! And my mom never got her degree. Uh-huh. She went back to school when we were younger. She was a single mom and working jobs and trying to get her AA and then decided that it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. She could do just as much. She ended up opening her own business, uh-huh. and she didn't need it, and yeah. so she stopped, but she didn't necessarily say, I mean, education was important, but it was, you need to get out, you need to go, you need to do something you know, and you can and all that. It was a similar message. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish, because I wasn't good in school, I only went to college because it
0: made my mom happy because that was something Mm -hmm. that was very important to her. I'm the only one that finished. I'm the youngest of, I have three older brothers and I'm the only one that, that finished and got my degree. And that was super important. But nobody's ever asked to see my transcripts nobody's ever opened them and i'm i hated school and i
1: loved college but (sighs) i hate the system of school but i love the learning yeah and i couldn't deal with high school i was a terrible student but in college you know that was different and i you I love go, that. Yeah. yeah. The socialization was great.
0: Believe me. I had a great time in college. Like, So good for you. You know, your advice of, of saying, you know, go for it. Well, you know what else I would
1: have told myself? I would have said prepare for impact. I would have said... That's a good one. Prepare for impact. Yes. Yeah. Like have a some kind of preparation so that you can give yourself permission. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because when it came down to it, if I would have had, you know, been prepared, and I would have allowed myself to think there's multiple different ways to do this, Yeah, then I would have been more open sooner. And then when I did make the switch, Uh it wouldn't have been so hard because it was difficult to turn that around really quickly. Uh So that's the other thing I would have told myself. And I would say that. Prepare for impact. Prepare for impact. (laughs) I would say (laughs) to everybody, yeah. We We don't know. Yeah, for sure. But if you don't try, you also don't know. Right.
0: Like that is something I always... Tell my nieces and my nephews, how
1: are you going to know if you don't try? Like even yeah. to move into a different city, how are you going to know you don't like that place if you don't try it? Like you just- well, and you know my my little long hard road when I first started when I switched my industry to uh-huh. do what I do now. Um, taught me grit. Yeah. Taught me perseverance, and it taught me that I can do it. Absolutely. Somebody yeah. that was unlikely, that wasn't, you know, didn't fit the mold or whatever. And I think it also gives me confidence yes. for other people. Yeah. That I do have a message for people, whether or not they ever do network marketing or mm-hmm. anything with me. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many ways and things. There's ways to do life. We don't have to be stuck. Absolutely. Um, even in a good thing. Absolutely. Well, good for you. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you again, Kim. I really, really appreciate your time and sitting down with me and, and sharing with the listeners today. And And if you know a friend that can use Kim's message, send this to them. And while you're listening to this podcast, please rate it wherever you're listening to the podcast. At. And how can listeners
1: uh, get a hold of
0: you if they want to connect with you?
1: My email address is Kim Croft 5. Okay. Uh K-I-M-C-R-O-F-T-5 at gmail. Okay. And my website is kimcroft.arbon.com. Awesome. Okay.
0: And until next week, stay positive and remember sharing is caring. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.